Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Guys, what is up? I'm back with another episode, and today I want to talk to you guys, and I want to educate you on how to master the hip hinge. Now, if you've been following for a while, if you're a regular listener, you understand that there are four prime movement patterns you should be sticking to when performing your strength training. Push, pull, hinge, squat. Now, today I want to talk specifically about the hinge, because for most people, this is the pattern that they have the most trouble perfecting. It is where most people injure themselves, in particular, the deadlift. So I wanna give you guys a a simple framework and a a method that you can use when you go to train in the gym. So you can figure out whether or not you're hinging correctly, okay? So mastering the hip hinge is critical to accessing your posterior chain. So the muscles on the front of your body, everything on the front. So if we look from the top down, we got the chest, the shoulders, the biceps, the grip, the quads, the abs, you know, those are your show muscles. So guys uh, in particular are really bad for just training what they can see. They train the, uh, the the show muscles, you know, the beach muscles, the pecs, the shoulders, the arms, and they neglect their legs. Um, it's just typically what happens, unfortunate. And you know, I've been there as well. I'm as guilty as charged. I've been in the same boat as well. I was young and dumb. And that's what I used to train until I learned a better way and a more effective way of training. So the muscles on the front, they're your show muscles. All of the muscles on the back of your body, they are your go muscles. These are what generate a lot of power. They give you a lot of strength and a lot of stability in the areas that you need it most, which is your midsection, and it is what helps to stabilize your lower back. Okay, and if you listened to the episode where I talked about every specific joint has a function, you understand that your lower back is designed for stability, not mobility, okay? That's its prime function, it's designed to stabilize. So the posterior chain, what is it? The posterior chain is everything on the rear part of your body. It's your glutes, it's your hamstrings, and it's your back, okay? Big surface area, big strong muscle groups are involved in the posterior chain. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, most people don't know how to access these muscle groups because they can't hinge properly. So when I'm talking about the hinge, I'm referring to your hip joint. And this is a horizontal movement from the hips, your hips traveling backwards and forwards. All right. Now, if you cannot hinge correctly, if you have if you lack hip mobility, if you cannot flex and extend your hips properly, you are going to force your lower back and or your knees to start doing movement. It's it's not designed to do, it shouldn't have to do that. So your hip joint, it is a ball and socket joint. It is designed for a lot of function, uh, a lot of functions, pardon me. It's designed to flex or bend at the knee, extend, straighten, abduct, take the leg away, adduct, bring the leg towards the center of the body, and also rotate internally and externally. It's a lot of movement. It has the capacity for a lot of movement. So you need to make sure that you have adequate movement and can use your hips correctly so your lower back and or your knees aren't doing work they're not designed to, all right? So what is the hinge? 
Very simple way to describe the hinge is you are maintaining a vertical shin, which means your shin bones basically face up and down. So I want you to do this. It's just a really simple drill you can do. If you're driving, don't do this. But uh, if you are you know, at rest and you're not really doing a lot, I want you to stand up and put your feet directly underneath your hips, okay? Feet are underneath your hips and your toes are facing forwards. No toe flare, no duck feet, people. Straighten your toes. Feet are under your hips. From there, you unlock your knees. So you have a very slight bend. So I call it soft knees. The knees are just soft. They're not straight. They're not like fully bent as in a squat. They're just unlocked. From there, grab your hands and place them in your hip crease. So high on the groin. From there, maintaining that soft knee, you push your hips backwards to the wall behind you, keeping your big toe on the floor. Now, what you would notice in this position is you're pushing your hips, your hip creases back as far as possible. This is a hip hinge. Your shins are vertical, meaning they do not travel forwards or backwards. They hold their position. And you would also notice that your torso, your upper body leans forward almost towards horizontal or horizontal-ish. Okay. So from a side view, your shin bones go up. Then it goes backwards on about a 45 degree angle, which is your femur, that is your thigh bone. And then it's almost or horizontal-ish at your torso. That is a good representation of a hip hinge. Okay. As you do this hinge, your hips are moving backwards and forwards. Okay. Your torso does provide a forward lean. It has to, to counterbalance that hip shift of your hips going backwards. So in order for you to push your hips backwards, your torso has to lean forwards to accommodate for that weight shifting back. All right. I hope that makes sense so far. But as you do this hinge, as you push your hips backwards to the wall behind you, your back should remain, and I've got air quotes here, guys, neutral. Neutral spine. This is something I've talked about before. Neutral is not one definitive position. I do want to clarify that first and foremost. There is a slight, there is a range which is accepted as neutral. But if you're just standing up nice and tall, fairly relaxed, for you, that is neutral. That is your kind of resting point. Now, everybody has a slightly different neutral. Some people are more kyphotic, which means that their shoulders round and they have uh, you know, a slouch or a rounded upper back. Then there are some people who present with more of a lordotic posture. That is more of a arched back, more of a sway back, okay? So it forms more of like this pronounced S curve through the lumbar, uh, through the lower back, all right? But one thing that happens when you perform the hip hinge correctly is that you maintain a neutral position through movement. Now, what I mean by this is your hips are moving. Your hips are moving backwards and then forwards. Your back is not actually moving. All it is doing is changing angle from being vertical to being horizontal-ish. So some people, depending on you know flexibility at the hamstring and mobility through the hip joint, there will be different degrees of um, torso lean. So what I mean by that is someone who's really flexible and really mobile might be able to get their torso completely horizontal, like flat. Someone else who's been you know, quite sedentary or maybe inactive for a while, they might only be able to get a little bit of a forward lean and feel a wicked stretch on their hamstrings. So it's very individual, but the goal remains the same. We want a neutral spine during that hinge. Hips moving, back not moving, but changing angle from upright, vertical to horizontal-ish. All right? 
Now, there isn't necessarily one best way to hinge. There are a absolute plethora of exercises within the hinge category, okay? There's different levels, different exercises, and different variations of exercises. So I actually have an exercise library of all of the different exercises and movements which I perform with my clients. And a lot of these have video links and tutorials. So it's basically like I am instructing and I am coaching you how to perform the exercise down to the, the finest detail. But my exercise library currently, it contains 44 hinge variations. So this is where some people get into the bottleneck and they pigeonhole themselves and say, I can't deadlift. Deadlifting's not for me or, um, you know, I just can't seem to do it. Well, that's that's okay. I'm sure I have a progression or an exercise for you. There are a lot of different exercises out there. You just have to find the right one for you. So my, my spreadsheet, it's an evolving document. Means That means that it is continually growing, changing, um, getting updated over time. So there's, I'm sure there's going to be many more that I add to that list over time. Now, it's not to say you have to do all of these 44 exercises. The reason I have so many is because everyone I work with is at a different stage of their journey. Everyone is at a different level. Some people come to me and they have never lifted weights in their life. Blank slate, perfect. I can start them from ground zero and I can teach them everything they need to do before having to retrain poor movement patterns. And then I have some people who have been lifting for years and years, and I have a look at how they move, and I think, oh, this might take a little bit of work just to, to retrain that movement pattern, or just to you know adjust and make sure we can actually maintain neutral under load. But it's all about finding the right fit for you. So whether you are a newbie, whether you are somebody who is brand new to lifting weights, or maybe you are a veteran, you've been lifting for five, 10, 12, 15 plus years, I want to run you through a very simple drill. This is an exercise that I do with every single person just to see how they move and what type of awareness they have at the hip joint. So this exercise I'm referring to, it's called a broomstick good morning. So all you need is a broomstick or a dowel rod. It needs to be quite long. But basically, you grab that broomstick and you place it down your spine. So the broomstick is a representation of your spine. And I do understand the, the spine is not completely straight. It does have a natural S curve to it, but it is a really good representation and it gives you awareness of where you are in space. So what you do is you grab your broomstick, you place it down your spine. One hand is up above your head and the other hand is down below your lower back, holding the broomstick against your body. Now the broomstick, good morning. This is how you do it. First of all, you want to maintain three points of contact. Now, what I mean by that is you should feel the broomstick in contact with your body at three places. One, at your head. Two, your upper back. And three, your lower back. That is your start position. So you are standing up completely straight, feet under your hips, broomstick down your spine, one hand above the head, one hand below the low back. From this point, you unlock your knees, so you take a slight knee bend, just sort of drop down and unlock the knees a few degrees, so they're soft. From here, I want you to push your hips back as if you're trying to get your butt to the wall behind you. And you push back as far as you can until you feel a loading or a stretch sensation on your hamstrings and to the point where you can still maintain your big toe on the floor. So it's not a competition. I don't wanna see how far back you can go 
and then have you know all of your toes off the ground. That is not what we're looking for. For this exercise, you must keep your feet grounded. Your feet have to stay pinned to the floor. I want you to almost imagine someone's got a hammer and nail and they have hammered your big toe and your little toe firmly to the ground. So you've gripped the ground, you've got the broomstick, you've unlocked your knees, from there, push your hips backwards to the wall behind you as far as you can until your hamstrings start calling out your name and start saying stop. All right, then you push your hips forward to the wall in front of you and squeeze your bum at the top. That right there, my friend, is a broomstick good morning. That in its simplest form is the hip hinge. Hips moving horizontally. Hips go backwards, hips go forwards. Hips go backwards, hips go forwards. Now, as you do this, you need to keep those three points of contact. So if you cannot keep your head, your upper back and your lower back in contact with the broomstick during that exercise, you have now lost neutral spine. This is where injuries can occur. This is where poor movement patterns get ingrained. As I mentioned, your hips are doing the moving, your back isn't doing the moving, your back is holding that straight or that neutral position, it's just changing its angle from vertical to horizontal-ish. I keep using the word ish because there's no one, same range of motion for everybody, it's different, okay? So I hope that makes sense, all right? And the reason that you'll feel that sort of stretch or that loading sensation through your hamstrings, the muscle on the back of your thigh there, is we are, we are doing what is called eccentric loading. We are loading the muscle through the lengthening phase. The hamstring is being lengthened and put under tension at the same time. That's what you can feel. So I refer to this almost as loaded stretching because it kind of is, especially as you start using some weights and lifting load. Hips go backwards, you feel that stretch sensation, and then you push your hips forward and your glute muscles firm up, okay? So it's not just, I'll stand up and then squeeze. No, you actively push your hips forwards, which in turn contracts your glutes. So the hip hinge, you push back. Yes, there's that stretch. And then you push your hips forward actively and the glute muscles contract. There's your posterior chain. There's your hamstring, there's your glutes, there's a little bit of lower back, and depending on which exercise you implement, you've got a lot of your upper back muscles as well. So I wanna go through a simple progression of the hinge for you, so you have a, a bit of a takeaway for what you can start using within your, your own training, okay? So for this, exercise, uh, for this drill and this progression series, start at level one. It's like Monopoly, do not go past go and collect $200 or go to the next uh, variation or progression until you have mastered the first one. So the first exercise I like to do, it's either one of one of the following two. You either do a band pull through or a kettlebell deadlift. And this kind of, I vary between the two depending on who I'm working with. Some people find one more effective than the other. And sometimes I'll use both just to see which one is a, a more appropriate fit. Band pull through. You grab yourself a power band, a long power band, and you attach it to a and in an immovable object. So for most most of the time, it's a rack, a squat rack. So you attach it, you loop it through, you stand over the band and you grab it between the legs and you walk it out a few paces. So you're holding the band with your hands and it is pulled backwards between the legs. From standing, the band wants to pull you backwards. So already you should have a bit of tightness and tension through your glutes. Your glute muscles, your butt has to work to keep you upright. The hands in this exercise are passive. They are just here 
to hold the band. They're not actually gonna lift the weight, so to speak. They're just to connect you to the load, to the resistance. So you're holding the band, you unlock the knees, you allow the band to pull you back into the hinge. Your toes are firmly planted on the floor at this point. So your hands are high on the groin, as high as possible, and then you push your hips forward, tensioning the band. Allow the band to pull you back into the hinge, there's your hamstrings, and then you push your hips forward, which engages the glutes. And what I really like about the band is it gives you tension exactly where you need it in both phases of the movement. The eccentric, the loading, uh, the stretch sensation, and then the concentric as the muscles shorten. The band pulls your hips in the direction they need to go, which is backwards. And then you have to push against that band and that contracts the glutes. So the band pull through. If it's a new exercise for you, start with low reps, maybe start with five, and then you can build to 10, 15. And these can be done for ultra high reps. If you do them correctly, you should not feel this at all through your lower back. And for this exercise, you won't finish completely vertical. You're not gonna finish standing up super tall. You will have a slight forward lean to counteract, to counteract the band pulling you backwards. And I like to have the eyes down. When the eyes start coming up, the lower back starts to arch. So I keep the eyes uh, down, looking about two to three meters in front of where you're standing. And they stay fixed on that one point the whole time. Second one, kettlebell deadlift, very simple. You grab a kettlebell, you, you place it on the floor, you stand directly over the top of it. So the kettlebell's between your feet, you unlock your knees so they are soft, you grab your hands, place them in your hip crease, and you shove your hips back as far as your hips and your hamstrings will allow you to. From there, you reach down with straight arms and grab the kettlebell handle. Again, the arms are not lifting the weight, they are just holding it. So you push the hips back, you grab the kettlebell, from there, you have to crush the oranges under your armpits. So if you're new to the podcast and you don't know what that means, imagine you have a pair of oranges, one under each armpit. So your arms are out by your side, they're out to the side, and you have to crush the oranges under your armpits. You're bringing your hands in towards the side of your body. You should feel your back muscles under your armpits, your lats contract and really tighten up. These help to stabilize your spine during hinge movements. This is fucking important. Most people who show me a deadlift variation, if they've done it before, I get them to show me what they've done, and then I ask them, how does that feel? Oh yeah, it feels okay. Oh, I feel a little bit through my lower back. That's pretty normal. That's a pretty normal response. Then I show somebody how to engage their lats and how to contract by crushing the oranges, and then wouldn't you know it, the lower back pain is gone, it's disappeared. So you crush the oranges under your armpits. From there, you push the floor away. You don't just stand up with the kettlebell. You actively use your legs to push the floor away. By pushing the floor away, you use more of your thigh muscles. And at the top, because you've pushed the floor away, you're standing completely tall. Your bum is tight. Your stomach is tight like someone's about to punch you in the guts. There's your kettlebell deadlift. I'm not gonna go through all of these, but then you have, I'm not gonna describe them all. If you want some more information, feel free to get in touch with me. Um, and I can point you in the right direction. But number one, you've got your band pull through, then you've got your kettlebell deadlift, then you would have your RDL. So the weights don't actually touch the floor, you're hinging. It teaches you how to stay tight because the weights never actually hit the ground. Then the next progression would look like a rack pull. So this is where we start to use a barbell. 
So we start with a really short range of motion where the bar starts above your knees. Once again, you push the floor away, you stand up tall, holding the bar in your hands. Once you can do that proficiently, we increase the range of motion so it is now below the kneecap. It's the same action, we've just increased the distance that that bar has to travel. Finally, coming to the exciting exercise, the one which just feels fucking powerful, the deadlift. Can be done with a straight bar, can be done with a trap bar, can be done in a suitcase fashion, uh, fashion with two kettlebells either side of your body. But a deadlift is where we lift the bar or the implement from the floor. If it's with a straight bar, that will allow you to lift the heaviest weight possible. I hope that makes sense. But I wanted to talk to you guys about this today because it's so important that you understand how to move from your hips. Most people don't know how to move from their hips correctly. Okay? This will help you stay injury free. This will help you build your booty, if that is your goal. <laughs> it will help you stay strong, period. Doing hinge exercises is a crucial piece of the puzzle. Push, pull, hinge, squat. Posterior chain, everything on the rear. Lower back prevention, or lower back pain prevention, I should say. Knee stability, working your glute muscles helps to stabilize the knee joint. We've talked about what the role of the knee is. So guys, if you are doing strength training, you should be incorporating some form of hinge. I would encourage a few different variations of them, in fact. So that way, you can expose your body to the positions that you need to strengthen, okay? If you do not strengthen the positions you get into on a regular basis, whether it's just picking up a load of washing, whether it's picking up a pen or a pencil off the ground, or whether it's for sport, maybe you're a social, maybe you're a high level, you know, a, a semi-professional athlete, you need to be strong. You need to be resilient and the hinge, the deadlift or a deadlift variation allows you to lift a significant amount of weight. It teaches you to brace. It teaches you how to put force into the ground and it teaches you how to strengthen all of those go muscles. So I hope that makes sense, guys. If it has, if this has benefited you, if you've got some takeaway points, if you've gone, fuck, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that, I'm actually gonna put that into practice. All I ask is that you share this information with somebody you think will benefit. Okay, I post this on all of my social media platforms, on Facebook, on my Instagram, on my newsletters. If you get some benefit, all I want you to do is just do me a favor and just hit the share button. Or just tag a friend in the post that I make so that they can benefit from this information you're listening to right now as well. The hinge is something that I was very late to and it took me a while to, to actually incorporate into my training. And it's probably because I had that uh, experience with uh, kind of being embarrassed in front of my mates. But now that I'm doing it regularly, I feel great. Like I feel really strong. And this is something that you need to do as well. If you're hesitant on learning how to deadlift or you know, you're, you're just fearful of you know, hurting your back, this is where you would hire a coach to teach you how to do this stuff correctly. It's all well and good to listen to this information and understand it, but then can you actually apply it? Can you do it in person yourself? So guys, that's all I've got for you on the hinge. Master it, practice it, take your time, and practice it. I cannot stress that enough. The hip hinge is the most butchered of the four movement patterns. So take your time to do it and do it well. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll speak to you soon for another episode. 
Do you love the wake-up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening? I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please, share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.